0: Stolen the ball,
1: Owamubil.
0: A thunderbolt into the roof of the net. Ecuador having their pats pulled out as they tried to play out from the back. And Owamubil said, "Thank you very much." And he's got it. Goal number 54 for Harry Kane, England's all-time record goalscorer. A 2 0 lead on the night. And it's a scuff shot. Hinson, 4 2 per glory. They're running away with it now, the home side. Four goals in 16 minutes. Lovely, fade by Mbappe.
1: Lovely finish. A master at the peak of his powers. The captain bestriding the stage at the Stade de France.
0: Yes, hello again. Welcome along to the Global Game with me, Simon Hill, and Alex Brosk. Yes, we're aware we're running in parallel with the Socceroos game against Ecuador. But still, lots to talk about this Tuesday evening. We'll review the opening game of the series between Australia and Ecuador and we'll keep you up to date with goings-on in Melbourne tonight. It's 1-1 at the moment, by the way. UK broadcaster John Roder is on the show to run the rule over the rest of the international action across Europe and give us reaction to Antonio Conte's departure from Spurs. The A-League returns this weekend. We'll preview the game of the round between Western Sydney Wanderers and Adelaide United in the company of the Wanderers, Milos Ninkovic. How do you go about preparing for a national second division? Careful planning or a leap into the unknown? Sydney Olympics CEO Laurie McKenna is with us to provide some insights. It's any two from four clubs fighting it out for the remaining sports in the Liberty A-League finals. Alicia Carnabas has the flu, so Riley Dobson steps in to run the rule over the women's game. And Paul Williams on a busy week of international football across Asia. It's all to come on the Global Game between now and 11 o'clock right here on SEN. Yeah, great to be with you this uh, Tuesday night. Sad to bring you some news, though. Ecuador have just scored to make it 2-1 against the Socceroos in Melbourne. Australia led that game through Brandon Borrello, but uh, the equaliser came from the penalty spot. And now Ecuador have just taken a 2-1 leads. Messrs Brosk and Molchanov, Alex, is both.
2: Yeah, disappointing way to start the show, but the boys are looking good and, and off a great performance the other night as well. So hopefully they can... I mean, there's plenty of time for them to come back. Arnie uh, to make some subs and get some young boys on and, and we can uh, enjoy the rest of the game.
0: Mr. Molchanov, how are you?
3: Very, very well. Worse off for seeing that goal, but full-scale, you know changes across the back line. I'm just enjoying watching the Socceroos again, which is something I haven't really said for the last probably four years. Absolutely. It's been good fun.
0: And the first half was pretty good, and that first game was pretty good. We will... Uh, review that game in our second segment after we've done Starter for Five. A reminder we've got two prizes to give away as per usual tonight a Global Game t shirt from Strip Tees and a double pass to an A League game of your choice. So do get involved with the show. Understand that uh, many of you will be watching the Socceroos. Give us a call though if you want uh, 1300 01 11 70. Send us a text 0457 736 736. Or you can tweet us at Global Game. S-E-N. Let's kick things off, as we always do, with Starter for Five. Here we go then, Alex Bross, the Asian Cup in 2024. The Socceroos should go into it expecting to win. Or no, I'd say the odds are still pretty slim. Uh, no, look,
2: I, I'm I'm happy to say, and off the back of what Alex just mentioned there, that you know, for the first time in a long time, I'm genuinely excited about the Socceroos uh, and what they're doing. I think
0: they're fun it, to watch. Aren't they, they
2: they are at the moment. I I don't know what it is. I think it's for me. It it almost seems since the World Cup that there's this belief about them that you know. I was interested to see coming back off the World Cup how how they go in this first game back. There's a lot of pressure coming back in in front of a home uh, state home fans, but. They handled it well. They played with this, this, um, I don't know, new belief. It, it almost seems, and and it's exciting. It's, it it has us all optimistic about the future. This is a young side, um, all starting to get, um, you know, some some moves overseas and some potential moves for, for some of the young, other younger ones. So I think they should. I think yeah. um, with with the time that's left, but if they if they continue to progress and continue to keep playing the way they're playing. They will go into it as favourites.
0: Okay. Arnie Ball to continue then. Question two. Alex Molchinoff. This is a controversial one this week. IFAB's changing of the rules on goalkeepers dancing on the line. I'm for it because goalkeepers shouldn't act like nutters. Or hang on. What about the kickers' stutters?
3: I'm actually genuinely (laughs) upset about this. Yeah, take take the fun out of penalties. Like, what is going on? IFAB are just. I mean, they're getting so much wrong at the moment, aren't they? We can't decide what a handball is, but we're worried about what goalkeepers are doing on the line and stutters are still allowed. So there's that double standard to come into it. You reckon this has come from South America?
0: You reckon this has come from South America in the wake of Andrew Redmayne's antics? I mean,
3: South America aren't really a powerhouse in terms of football administration, are they? Just because they're such a small block in terms of numbers. So I don't think so. I think it's...
0: It's just weird. It is weird. I mean, it's I, bizarre. I, to be
2: fair, I don't think I've seen any other keeper around the world do it, really, not like Andrew Redmayne does. So I don't but know where they would have gotten this from.
0: The odds are so heavily stacked exactly in favour right. of right. the taker already. And I would understand it if they'd gone, you know what, no more dancing on the lines and no more stuttering in your run-up. You yeah. have to do a clean run-up and strike it as, you know, a, a shot. But, but no, it's only the Unlike keepers both. that get penalised. And yeah. I saw John Crawley... Quoted in the Sydney Morning Herald this week, saying, "Well, you know, now, now we've got to go back to the drawing board, basically, and try and rethink how we out the penalty." Yep. It, it's it's really giving a, a big assistance, isn't it, to the the taker over the keeper, and they already have one.
2: Mm, I, I, look, the thing is, I, I don't get how they can stop it. it. It makes like if a player wants to do a cartwheel in the field in the middle of the game, <laughs> are they going to stop that as well? You know, I, I yeah. think it's it just makes no sense. I, I, you're right. The all, the advantage is already there for the attacker if the keeper can get some sort of psychological edge, which I, I don't even think that does anything. I don't think the dancing on the line does absolutely anything. So, yeah. Mm, what are they doing?
0: Emiliano Martinez, of course, took it that one step further, didn't he, in the World Cup final. And, uh, I mean, he was, he was up to all sorts. The World Cup final. <laughs> 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 It's the World Cup final. Yeah, absolutely. You do anything to win, don't you? Uh, Including throwing opposition's (laughs) bottles away that have got notes on, (laughs) which is what Andrew Redmay did. Uh, Question three, Alex Brosk. This is a more serious one. Uh, The upgrade of the Gabba for the Olympics, which will benefit cricket and AFL largely. Fair enough, too. They bring in the cash or football needs to mobilise and organise a backlash.
2: Um, Look, I, I don't know if football can do anything about it. This is one of those things. I mean... The, the Queensland government will be funding that, right? So, I mean, no. our our government funded, um, you know, the, the upgrade of Allianz, right? Um, and, and for nothing, really. I mean, there was no Olympics, there was nothing. At least you can justify why this one was done. For me, and, I, and I'm not trying to justify the grand final decision uh, for th- the next three years being in Sydney uh, by any means. But, you know, if it means starting to, you know, butter up these governments and, and start getting them to help with football-specific stadiums, uh, But in Queensland, this approvals. is the point. They're,
0: they're not taking any notice yeah. in Queensland.
2: No, not really, not really. And, and at the moment, I, I mean, it is, like I said, baby steps um, in, in terms of getting close to governments and giving them a little bit of what they yeah. want um, to, to then get help
0: later on. But I am utterly baffled that Queensland, out of all the states, it's just, a, it's not even a discussion. It's a hard no every single time... Mm when it comes to football in that particular mm. state. Everything else, Ballymore, the Gabba, Suncorp, mainly for Rugby League. I know Brisbane played there for a while. And now we have this bizarre situation where we've got a team called Brisbane playing in Redcliffe and a team from Redcliffe playing, playing in Brisbane. Brisbane.
2: Well, well, that yeah. is the thing, right? What, what are the raw doing to justify well, any money
0: going towards... And that might be one of the problems. Yeah. Uh, question four, Alex Moltinov. Canberra United have their three points restored by Football Australia. The right outcome in the end or the wrong message to send.
3: Right outcome. I think it's a complete mess, the way the whole thing was mm. carried out. Uh, it's not a good look for the A-League women's. I think Football Australia have used their uh, powers here in the, the correct manner, because the punishment did not fit the crime, in my opinion. Uh, it's a small thing. It's a, a preventable thing that I think the officialdom of that competition have as much to blame, uh, have as much blame to take as, as the club themselves. Uh, that's not to say they will... They were blameless. Maybe they should get a final or something. But three-point deduction uh, while they're in a finals race,
0: uh, completely ridiculous for me. And it made a mess of the table as well, didn't it, for a little while? And the same with the Brisbane deduction. Really, really poor procedurally. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Question five, Broski. Antonio Conte sacked by Spurs. They're better off without or deeper problems? And he was right to open his mouth.
2: Um, look, I think it's a sad situation that's that's um, eventuated. I don't think they're better off without him. I think he's a great manager. But, um, look, with opening his mouth and the comments that he made, I think the club were left with little choice. But... The, the comments that came uh, out of frustration, obviously, and not just with the situation he's in, obviously with mm-hmm. the owners as well, but I'd say within himself as well, that not being, you know, looking at what Arsenal's doing and not being able to replicate that. I think there, there's a bit of uh, pride that's been hurt there as mm-hmm. well. So all that has come out and um, he shouldn't have said what he said, but he's probably frustrated once out mm-hmm. um, and he had to go, but it is a sad situation.
3: Does the fact they got rid of him prove him Correct.
0: Well, to me, I think it does. I mean, look, obviously his position was untenable once he Mm, said what he'd said. But he's got a point that if you, you know, Spurs haven't won a trophy since 2008. How many managers have they had since then? And some good managers as well. I think I said this on the show last week. The managers that they've had in the interim have won between them 61 major trophies. They're not all bad managers. Mm. So there's something more structurally wrong at the club so you know maybe he's fallen on his sword i'm sure he got a nice payout as well but he's fallen on his sword perhaps for the betterment of the club if he's if he's got the club you know in his heart which you know who knows if he does it's only there a short time anyway any spurs fans who got any uh, anything to say about uh, the sacking of antonio conte it sends a text 0457 736 736 talking of texts couple of comments already uh, good to hear from you as always uh, mr cucumber our old friend <laughs> gents after two years and a bunch of silly nicknames for myself i'm I'm finally out of questions hope you're not disappointed <laughs> <laughs> thanks for letting us know mr cucumber um maybe you can come back with a, a new nickname next week surely there's a few vegetables you haven't called yourself after uh this one from marcus hi guys following on from your discussion last week around steve corica's tenure at the end of this season I'm just wondering how ready Broski is to suit up on the sidelines next year. Seriously, (laughs) says Marcus. (laughs) Um, How ready
2: I am? Uh, Not ready at all. Not ready at all. Look, I'm nowhere near uh, managing or coaching or getting into that um, space at the moment. I I like, again, I I did say it a couple of weeks ago, the idea of it um, is definitely more appealing now than it was, but I think there's a long way to go for me anyway uh, before I even get anywhere near that job. There you
0: go. Uh, This one from Stuart. Um, Simon, we do not do our case for government funding any credit when we're currently playing an international at a venue owned and designed for another code. Totally agree, Stuart. Unfortunately, where else can they play it? Because I'm told that Amy Park is out of commission. So if you're going to play it in Melbourne, it's either there or the MCG, which, you know, same, same. Uh, And this is the problem. Uh, Tony has called in from Hunters Hill. Uh, Evening to you, Tony. You want to talk about the late, great Manfred Schaefer, who tragically passed away today.
1: Yeah, just pay a tribute to the great man that he was. I had the pleasure of playing against him as an 18-year-old back in '74. And I, I made the mistake of putting the ball through his legs, and I thought I was going to get around him. And, and that's the last, the last move that I made. And in those days, we didn't, we didn't wear any shin pads those days. And you know what? He looked at me with a steely cold eyes. He came up and just patted me on the head. Don't do that again. To me. <laughs> and and that, that was enough. That was enough for me to to, to learn a, a lesson that you don't humiliate. Uh, or try to humiliate um, yeah. professionals like him. But you should have seen the size of his hand. He, honestly, he, 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 you know, it eclipsed the sun. That's how, that's how yeah. thick he's, he's, he is. Because he used to work as a milkman, of course. He did. And,
0: uh, and he rounded and, you up and, like I, the milk bottles, to up, Tony.
1: <laughs> yeah, he used to, he used to uh, get up at 3 o'clock in, in, in the morning to do his milk run and mm. then turn up to training. I mean, he's just an amazing man. Yeah. And sadly missed because he was one of the true heroes. of. Uh... The second thing I want to cover quickly was the Harry Kane. I don't think enough tribute has been paid to this guy. Uh, Now, Harry Kane has got 55 goals and he scored them in 82 internationals. The great Bobby Charlton got 49 goals from Mm -hmm. memory and it took him 106 internationals to get there. And his record stood for about, uh, I think, from 1970 to 2016. And nobody thought they were going to break that record. Yeah, and then Wayne Rooney comes uh, along and he gets 53 goals and and everyone said, no one's going to reach that target. And he's done it, and he's got four good years left in him, but he's just a a gentleman of the game. He's a one club man. He's only ever played for Spurs. He's, he was on loan for three or four. Are you? Uh, are you a Tottenham fan, Tony?
0: Uh, I'm getting that feeling.
1: Well, look, I I, I love the, the the way they play at times. It depends if they can hang on to the coach for more than three months. It Would be great. <laughs> <laughs> it's, and I just want
0: absolutely. And yeah. and I love the tribute to Manfred Schaefer. He was I, I met him myself a few years ago. You're right. He was a very hard man, but uh, a, a, beneath, beneath the surface. Uh, A lovely guy, and uh, my thoughts are with his daughter, Kim, today. She's a lovely lady as well. Played a couple of non-A internationals for the Matildas, Kim did, uh, back in the day. One question, Tony. Which which club were you playing for when you played against Manfred Chosha?
1: Look, I played for for Pan-Atlantic from 73 to 77. Then we went to become uh, Sydney so Olympic, Olympic in the old yep. National League. So I played two years for them as well. And then I followed Raoul Blanco across to Parramatta Melita when he went across here. Brilliant. He asked me, you know, he was my favourite coach. I joined him. But it was great days in 74. People don't realise that, you know, there were three of my teammates who went to the World Cup. And then, uh, you know, the, the Germans sent over a camera crew to follow every move that Rasik made. Fine. Virtually yeah. a train. We, we, we were hillbillies those days as far as soccer was concerned. <laughs> we had no idea. These people were following us every training session, every game, interviewing everyone around us. And I thought, oh, Jesus, this what's going on in the other side of the world. <laughs> That's we, right. were, we were just so far away from everything. Yeah. And, uh, but I'm glad everything's changed. The boys are full time professional now. The eating well, the drinking well. You know, I remember having a steak and chips at 12 o'clock, having a game at three. You know, you did stupid things like this that we didn't know anything about, but uh, I'm glad everything's changed, you know.
0: Tony, brilliant to talk to you. Uh, lovely to reminisce. This is the show for you tonight. We've got Laurie McKinnon on later as well uh, from Sydney Olympic, and we'll, got, we'll get John uh, Rhoda to talk about Harry Kane as well. Uh, that's Tony from Hunters Hill. Uh, lovely memories of Manfred Schaefer. We're off to a quick break on the other side of it. uh, We will review game one of Australia against Ecuador and we'll look back on, well, what is closing in on 80 minutes of the second game of the series in Melbourne.